Hello and welcome to Morning Coffee with Jesus. I'm Rebecca and today we're gonna to be talking about dropping it like it's hot. So stay tuned for today's message. So today I'm gonna to show you three ways that you can drop it like it's hot. But first I wanna show you an example of something I heard this weekend that ties along with what we're talking about this morning. So we have a glass here and we've got water in it. And the question that I'm gonna to pose to you is how much does this weigh? Now you may come up with, well, let's weigh the glass and the water weighs this much to come up with your number. But what I want you to think about is the weight of this glass and the amount of water that's in here is completely irrelevant because the longer you hold this glass, the heavier it becomes. If you've ever tried to hold something for a long period of time, what happens to your muscles? They start hurting so bad that you wanna let go. I think of the show Survivor to where they have them standing on these things and they have to hold something up above their head and the longer they hold it, the heavier it gets. It weighs down on them until what? They either give up or they're the last man standing. Well, when we look at this glass this morning, I want you to think, how long would you be able to hold this before you had to drop it? See, life is a lot like this to where we hold on to pain, we hold on to failures, we hold on to so many different things that have happened in our life. And what happens is the longer we hold on to it, the heavier it becomes, the more we start to feel down and we completely give up. But what I wanna show you this morning is there is a way to be able to drop it like it's hot without feeling like you've just gave up without feeling like there's no hope for tomorrow. So the first scripture I want us to go to is Matthew 11, 28, and it tells us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." This is a great example of how we're able to drop it like it's hot. First, we come to Him. Who? We come to Jesus. And what are we doing? We're coming to Him and we're taking on what He's giving us. Now, in the world, when we take on more tasks, more responsibilities, it is a heavy weight. But He's telling us here to take His yoke upon Him. But He's telling us here that His yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's not weighing you down. I love using this example because a yoke is actually this wooden thing that they place on oxen and what it was made to do is it would go on both of their necks and it allowed them to distribute the weight and force them to move together. So think about that for a second. When we know that his yoke is easy, he's lifting that weight. He is walking with us as we go. He's there to help guide us. He's there to help strengthen us in everything that we need. And his burden is light. So it's not something that's going to weigh you down. It's meant to bring you up. It's meant to take pressure off of you, not apply it on you. When we think about this, 
sometimes our mind can't wrap around, well, how am I going to be able to take on um, something that's easy and light when I have the weight of the world sitting on me? Well, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it tells us, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. God wants us to cast our cares on him. See, a lot of times we take our cares and we try and get rid of them. We try and forget them. But the fact is we don't know how to do that. So we go to a person and we vent and we try and get it all out. We go to certain things, maybe we eat or we become addicted to certain things to try and forget about what's going on to ease our mind. So knowing those things, we also have to remind ourselves that where we lay our care is important because you can go to a person and lay your heart out to them, but if they don't have wisdom, they can give you some really bad advice or not say anything to you at all, and it doesn't help. So as we read the word, we find out that God wants us to come to him, to cast our cares on him. Why? Well, we're about to find out why. In Psalms 55, 22, it tells us, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He will not permit the righteous to be moved. When we cast our cares on the Lord, on our source, what does it say? He will sustain you. He's going to keep you in all of your ways. He's going to help you through every single day every single situation to where you won't be moved, no matter how bad things seem, no matter how hard things get shaken, you're able to stand firm. So I want to ask you this morning, where are you laying your cares? Are you laying them inside of you? Are you constantly meditating on them? Are you talking to a certain person about your problem or your situation? Or are you laying them at the feet of Jesus. When we lay them at the feet of Jesus, our focus is being shifted, not on the problem, but on the solution, on the one who's able to mend all broken hearts, on the one who's able to bring in prosperity into your life. The God who created you, who created me, who created everything in this world wants to help and guide you. He wants to take that weight off of you and give you freedom. If we're carrying a weight or a load on us and we try and get rid of it in this area or we try and forget it over here by doing different things, what happens is that's a temporary fix and eventually we'll pick that back up. We pick that weight back up. It's just like a backpack, right? When you put on a backpack that's full of so many things and then you get to your destination, you take that backpack off, you set it on the ground. Well, for that time period that you're there, you're like, oh man, my back feels so much better. It's lighter. But the moment it's time to leave, you pick that backpack and you put it back on and you leave and you're carrying out what you came in with. Well, God wants you to come to him, take that weight off. And when you leave, 
you don't take it with you. There's a releasing when we enter into his presence, which we're going to get into those three ways that you can drop it right now. The first one is you have to renew your mind. And I know your mind may be all over the place, but it starts with what you're thinking about. And if you've had a lot on your mind recently, I know it can feel like, how in the world am I supposed to get my mind focused on something else? Well, we're going to read Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Word of God tells us here, don't be conformed to this world. Because when we are conforming to this world and we are just allowing all of the negative and bad things to take place in our life and we're not taking a stand, we're conforming to the world and our mindset gets very cluttered and foggy so we can't see clear, we can't see hope. But when we renew our mind, it clears everything up for us and we're able to see that finish line, even if it may be miles ahead of us, but the fog's cleared and we can see where we're headed. So how do we renew our mind? Well, first, spending time with God is how we do that. But Philippians 4, 8 tells us, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So he's shifting our mindset, right? He's saying, don't look at this. Don't think about this. This is what I want you to think on. Meditate on these things. And it is a choice that you have to make. It's something that you willingly have to do. No one can force you to do this. You have to choose to say, no, I'm going to think of the goodness of God instead of the problem, instead of how I feel right now. Because if you have sickness in your body, there is a pain and it will talk to you. So you have to say, no, I'm going to choose to think on these things, the things that the Lord has told me. So finding those scriptures in the word of God is going to be so important for you because if you don't know what God's word says, then you're not going to be able to find good because when we look around in this world, there is so much bad, so many negative things that it is hard for you to kind of pick out some things. There is still good in the world. There is still hope. So getting into the word will allow you to start seeing all of those good things. The second thing that we need to do is talk to God. I know we want to try and hold things in so many times and we think, well, God doesn't listen to me. He doesn't hear me. I don't hear him. God's always ready to listen to you. He wants to talk to us. We're his children. He wants to have that daily fellowship with us. So again, it's a mind shift of seeing yourself as God's child, as the one that he loves, that he created, that he wants to talk to, will allow you to go boldly to him and say, Lord, here's what's going on. What do I do? And it it can be that simple to where you just have a conversation just like you would if you were talking to a person that was standing right in front of you. In fact, James 1, 5 tells us, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. This is so exciting because if you lack wisdom, if you don't know what to do, 
He tells us all you have to do is ask. And when you ask, what does it say? He gives to you freely and he doesn't take it back. He wants to give that to you. That's how good God is. That's how much he loves you. That he's like, just ask me and I'll give it to you. So maybe you haven't been asking God for wisdom. Today's your day to say, Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom. What do I need to do right now? And then when he gives you that instruction, be willing to put it into action. The word of God even tells us this in Isaiah 1:19, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of a land. So be willing and obedient and move forward in the direction that the Lord's giving you. The Bible also tells us in James 1:22, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Sometimes we hear good advice, we hear what we're supposed to do in the next step, and we procrastinate. We put it off or we think, oh, that sounds too good to be true, so I'm not going to do it. But God's word is telling us, don't just be hearers. Be the ones that do it. You can read a book on how to be a millionaire. And if you don't apply the principles and the basics of what they're teaching you, you're never going to become a millionaire. Even though you have everything you need right there in front of you, you have to implement the plan to get the results. Well, just because you renew your mind, just because you get wisdom from the Lord, you have to take action. You have to begin to say, all right, Lord, I'm going to do what you said. And as you begin to put that one foot in front of the other, you're going to start seeing those breakthroughs, those provisions in your life. The last thing, number three, you have to be thankful. You have to praise even in the midst of a storm, even when everything is crumbling on top of you. And I know you're thinking, you've lost your mind. How am I supposed to praise when everything is going bad? Now, you're not praising that you're going through something. You're praising that the Lord is bringing you out of that thing. You're praising and thanking him before you can see it, touch it, Why are we doing that? Praise brings breakthrough. And I want to show you that in the word too. Psalms 100 verse 4 tells us, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. He wants us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. As we begin to be thankful, the gates, those doors are being opened in our life. Things that we thought we weren't capable of, now we're capable of. Because the enemy is looking at us and saying, wait, hold on, I thought I'd you know, put that in your way to bring you down, but you don't look like you're down, right? If you're in a fight with someone and they punch you and you fall to the ground, if you stay down, Once they get to that last count, guess what? You're out. But if you say, I'm not staying down here, and you get back up, you get back in that fight, and you knock Satan out, guess what? You had a mind shift. You listened to what the word said. You stood up in faith. You took that next step, and you won. I think about the story of the walls of Jericho. And we can read this in Joshua 6. I'm going to 
jump through some verses for sake of time here, but we're going to start in verse 10. It says, Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to. Shout, then you shall shout. Now he's telling them here, they're trying to go in and take this city, but it looks impossible. They have these walls up and the Lord has given them instruction. And so he's telling the people, we are going to walk around these walls, but we're not going to say anything at first. We're all going to be quiet. And I like this because it reminds us that sometimes we need to keep our mouth closed for a season to where we're not complaining to where we're not talking the problem. We are guarding our mouth. The word tells us to do that as well. And so as they're walking around, they may have some crazy thoughts going in their mind of, oh, this is not gonna be possible. Ugh, these people are making fun of us. This looks hopeless. But because they weren't speaking it out, they weren't giving it authority. They were not giving rights to those negative thoughts. Instead, they stay quiet and they continue to do what they were supposed to do. Then when we jump down to verse 15, it says, but it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, being quiet. On that day only, they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened. Now, those six times they're going around, they're probably thinking, this is ridiculous. I don't even understand why we're doing this, but they're being obedient. But on the seventh time, it said, and the seventh time it happened, when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now they have instruction. It's time to shout. It's time to praise. Well, in verse 20, we find out what happens. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpets. And the people shouted with a great shout. Not a little tiny, yay, woo. It was a shout of victory. And the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. They got victory when they begin to shout, even though they couldn't see it, even though it looked impossible. The moment they started to shout and praise, those walls came down. They weren't chipping at the walls. The walls just fell. Well, that's what will happen in your life too. When you begin to praise and give thanks before you can see, before you have what it is, that's when those walls are going to come down and you're going to see the victory. So no matter what your bank account looks like today, begin to praise, begin to thank God, and then you're going to start seeing increase in your life. Maybe you have a bad relationship. Begin to praise and thank God. Pray over that relationship. Don't complain about that relationship. The Lord will start giving you wisdom and guidance on what to do, what to say, and He can restore everything. So this morning, are you going to drop it like it's hot? Are you not going to hold that weight in your hand anymore to where it's so heavy and it's just burning a hole in you? Or are you going to drop it and say, Lord, I'm laying it at your feet. I'm giving this to you. I'm not going to be the same anymore. You've renewed your mind. You're now having fellowship with God and you're praising and thanking him. 
for the victory. I hope this has blessed you this morning. If it has, let us know. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear your testimonies and what the Lord is doing in your life. If you need further prayer, we would love to do that as well. We want you to know that we love you, God loves you, and you're never too young or too old to fulfill the call. Bye, you guys. We would like to invite you to follow Morning Coffee with Jesus for your cup of encouragement. We also want to thank our friends and partners for helping us spread God's word around the world. If you would like to give or become a partner with the ministry, you can scan the QR code or visit morningcoffeewithjesus.com and click donate. When you give, we are able to tell more people about Jesus, help in our community, and give back into other ministries. If you have a prayer request or would like to stay connected, you can visit morningcoffeewithjesus.com slash stay connected.